Pajama Rama. It's not just for Brian Eno anymore. It's R. Sinclair, 74. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Pajama-rama. Yeah, but before we get into Pajama-rama, Aaron, uh, we need to thank our Clives Club members that are making this whole thing possible. Paul Harrington and Mick Chessers. Thank you. Now, Aaron, I'm sure you've had one or two Pajama-ramas in your day. Uh, what's your most memorable sleepover experience? Well, you know, it's I would say it's been, it's been a while since we had a pajama party type sleepover. Uh, I know that you're you're sort of you know, I mean you, you are tremendously aged. Were you of the age group and of the social status to go on the the the, the panty raid during the, the the sleepover at any point? There's a thin line between panty raid and sexual assault boat. I'll be honest with Listen, you. Listen, no, no, there's not. Not anymore. <laughs> there's not. So no, no, we didn't. My college career was marred by non-fun uh, times. There wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of frat shenanigans. We weren't hassling the uptight dean. Any of that crap. And I know you didn't do any of that crap. Who really did that stuff? This is a Porky's boat. So, no, we did not ever do that stuff. All that said, though, we did have, we, when I was a kid, we'd have the old pajama party. Uh, you'd get, you'd stay up late. You'd have all your buddies over. And then you'd watch a bunch of uh, VCR tapes on the old VCR, usually horror mm. movies. Uh, although mm -hmm. I've had uh, some over the years where it was like nothing but like karate movies, like the ninja movies and stuff like that. Those are always a lot of fun. Of course, ultimately it ends uh, with you beating up whoever else is at the party, making a huge mess. And then your parents come in and <laughs> scream at you until you go to bed and you feel bad. Then you whisper with each other for another three or four hours. Then you get up to crack of dawn because you're a kid. And you've got that sort of jacked. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. pajama party today is like the old people come in in their sleeping tunics. You know, they go out for dinner about 4 o'clock. They come home. They watch 60 Minutes. They hit the sack. That's a pajama party when you're this old. But back in the old days, it was a lot more fun. What about you? I remember in seventh grade, uh, the my buddy Joey had a sleepover. It was probably on his birthday or something. And we played uh, Sega Genesis. He had the Sega channel. He's the one guy that I knew that had the wow, Sega channel. Wow, that is impressive, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we did that. Hat Chad was in attendance. I think it was just me, Joey, and Hat Chad. And so that really um, is not much we, of a party. Well, listen, for me, that was a huge slam. This is that a was, social event of the year, three-man yeah. party. I, I still remember it. Uh, we watched Jurassic Park. I remember that. And, um, yeah. Jurassic that was, that Park? Was That's not even that long ago. My old roommate used not... to play that on loop on her VCR, just over and over. I remember I'd be, I'd be like, "Please turn that off." She's like, "No." Oh, I mean, just day and night, I'd hear that god awful video. So I, I keep forgetting day, that you're not very old. It, it irritates right. me. The next day, we woke up and we got in the back of Joey's dad's truck. And when I say in the back, I mean in the back. The truck had a topper on it, and we were riding around in the bed oh, of the truck. Cool. We w we went to Chuck E. Cheese. And I got this insane rash on my arm because I put my arm down somewhere in the bed of the truck and there was some sort of, I don't know, parasite or something lurking there. And, uh, and I, I got this crazy rash on my yeah. arm. But then we went to Chuck E. Cheese. That was it. That's the story, eh? That's the story. Well, I mean, you know, you th I hope you three had a good time. <laughs> you know, in, in the old days, you could ride in the back of a truck with no problem. Topper or no topper. 
We'd all be back in the back of that sucker. No seatbelt, standing up, sitting down, maybe have a dog back there. You know, I still see people in the hills of West Virginia uh, riding around in the back of the truck. I think they're, I think you're still legally allowed to do that. I think that's why they made the seatbelt rule the way they did. Because technically in West Virginia, you don't have to wear a seatbelt in the back of the car, you know, if you're sitting in the back seat. And I guarantee you they made that rule because they knew people would be, you know, driving around, hauling people in the back of their to pickups. To be fair, that in West Virginia, it's illegal to ride around with no seatbelt in the, in the back of a, of a tractor with a, or a hay wagon or or a horse drawn buggy. I mean, they they don't care if they let those four no. wheelers on the road. They don't. You think they're going to care if you're listen? Seat belt those ground? things are a, those things are a scourge to God and man. <laughs> there are people that drive those things around my neighborhood all the time at all hours. They're loud. They're annoying. I That's the way them. I figure. Jack Flack drove around his uh, neighborhood in his golf cart, just raising yeah. hell, yeah. driving around, throwing <laughs> stuff in people's yards. Damn kids. So, pajama rama, Aaron. It's let's let's talk a little bit. Actually, you know what? Before we get into Pajama Rama, we should probably update. We've got a Patreon update for everybody right. before we before we get into the show proper. Normally we don't talk too much about Patreon, but there's been a a, a, a pretty nice change that's happened since last month. Uh, you know, the 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 support that we receive every month on this show is nothing less than astounding. Uh, people are really, uh, you know, putting forth their cash to get us to that $200 a month goal. But I've decided, Aaron, and by I, I mean we, we did this no, as a you team don't. effort. We decided to sweeten the pot a little bit. And what that means is, is that we now have three levels uh, of support that you can support our Sinclair at. So uh, you can support the show at the $2 a month level. And I mean, $2 is not a whole lot of money, but it means a lot to us. Uh, you know, uh, and if you want to just kick in two bucks a month, we, we certainly do appreciate it. Uh, but if you want to step it up to $4 a month and become a Spectrum supporter, Aaron, you get every year at Christmas time an exclusive Sinclair, our Sinclair supporter magnet. Uh, this year's magnet features the one and only Trash Man on it. You can, uh, uh, you know, uh, that's got to be one of one of the best games that we've yeah, done on our Sinclair. Wouldn't you I agree, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, get magnet too. And if you if you decide to support the show at ten dollars a month, you can become a member of Clive's Club. That's right, Clive's Club. Not only do you get to choose, help choose the game that we play on each and every episode of our Sinclair going forward. This, uh, this next episode after this one is going to be the debut of Clive's club, but you can also receive a Clive's club magnet that features this month's game, pajama Rama. Uh, this also is going to come in at Christmas time. Of course, you also get the supporter magnet. So you get two big magnets for supporting the show. And that's not all. We have other shows on the network that we do. Amigos, Everything Amiga. We do 1200XL, all about the Atari 8-bits. And the Coco Show, all about the TRS-80 Tandy color computer. We have game selection committees on all of those games. And if you're in one, you get voting privileges on them all. So you can help choose the game that we play on Amigos, on 1200XL, and of course, Clive's Club. You can nominate the games. Then the our, uh, our Clive's Club chairman, who is Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky. He creates the poll with the nominations. Everybody votes on the poll on Discord, and boom, we have our game for the next month. So we do appreciate everybody who supports the show and uh, and, and is helping us reach that $200 goal of making our Sinclair a weekly Thank show. You. All right, 
Enough of that banter. Let's move on to Pajama Rama, Aaron. Okay. Now, of course, I always ask, but is this one you knew about before this week? This one I had not heard about, but I was familiar with the Wally series of games. You, really? I'd heard of the, I'd heard people talk about the Wally series before. Okay, very well, you're way I'd never heard of any of this stuff until we until mm-hmm. we got into this thing. So uh, we are playing Pajama Rama, released in '84 and created by Chris Hensley. Uh, boat. Uh, he has done a few games, more than a few games over the years for the uh, old ZX. Did a game called Custodian. I want to look into that one for some reason. Onslaught, Verminator, mm. Equinox. He also did the uh, Z- the ZX port of Xevious. And Battle of the Planets, the old G-Force, which I didn't know that had a okay. game. I, I don't know if that... I mean, that was the name of the show, so I'm assuming it's based on the show, but that'd be fun to see. Uh, the, uh, co- the unique cover art for this tape uh, was done by a fellow named Graham Campbell, and he did a couple of the Wally games. Everybody, what do everyone's you, a Wally what do you and think, Automania. What do you think about this this particular cover art, Aaron? Uh, it's not my favorite, but it's stylized. I believe I read somewhere, and I, I tried to follow up and share where I read it, but it's just like I read somewhere that the Wally here uh, ended up having a comic strip in, a, in one of the magazines, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't. Okay, I can so see. So I'm that. not sure if this fella did the art, or he's just a guy. I mean, he did these two games art, and that's pretty much all I could find that he did for the Spectrum. Yeah, it's weird when I when I first started when I, you know when I saw the cover of this game, I thought that you were going to play as a baby because if you don't look yeah. at Wally's face, the way that the chair is drawn or that the table leg is drawn, it looks like he's just a little kid that he's about two feet tall. Well, you know, it's funny so, you should mention that boat because I actually. That sort of plays into the story of this game, if you'll indulge me a little bit. So, oh, okay. Uh, the story of this game is that that even uh, the the tape on the back here, the the flavor text says even Wallies have to sleep. The trouble is, being a Wally nightmare is more troublesome than you'd think. So, what you're doing here is you're basically playing Wally's nightmares. For one mm-hmm. thing, uh, not only do you still look and act like Wally, you also are smaller than everything else that tape goes on the mm. same. So okay. the cover is sort of in line with the uh, overall size of the world. And if you walk, if you watch uh, your character go through here, every, he's smaller than everything. Now, uh, something tells me that the story was a convenient way of saying, because we see this all the time, that the size comparisons are off. But uh, that's just the way it is. But you, you are uh, small. Now, uh, this game is a is a flip screen, uh, I'd say action adventure game. Bo, does that sound about right? Puzzler. Yeah, it's it, it's a flip screen adventure platform. You're great at, at summarizing these things, uh, and so what you're going to get in this game is, is sort of your classic specy style game where you're going room to room and overcoming whatever obstacles are in the room to gather items that you're going to use somewhere else. Uh, boat. Uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. I want to go over the particulars a little bit here. So this was a ZX48K game. Uh, this original price boat, this is another one uh, that was a £7.95p uh, back in the day. And it supports uh, it redefinable keys and, uh, of course, the Kempston and the uh, Spectrum joystick. So it's got wide support uh, for that sort of thing. Um, again, playing your, your the your character Wally is asleep, and he has to go to work the next day, and so he 
cannot find the key to wind his alarm clock. So ultimately, your goal in this nightmare scenario is to go through the house, find the key, and then bring it back to the sleepy wally, wind his alarm clock, so he can make it to work on time. There's your plot, yes. Uh A convoluted, goofy, but that, that's a kind of that sort of summarizes this game in a lot of ways too. Uh, you run around, your button will jump, uh, and you run around avoiding various obstacles and rooms and jumping over stuff to get parts, like we said, gather them to uh, use to solve puzzles that will ultimately lead you to that alarm clock key. Uh, Bo, when you first loaded this bad boy up, what what, the, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thoughts were, I really like the way this game looks. Uh, to me, this is a classic example of why I like the ZX Spectrum. Um, you've got you've got pretty fluid animation of the main character. Um, he he moves quickly. The things on screen move quickly. You've got every color in the Spectrum palette is present on almost every screen. Um, you know those delightful neon hues are all present. You've got a HUD. That's very easy to understand. It's not overly large. It doesn't put the name of the game uselessly in the HUD. Um, and the way that the... Uh, I thought that a, a lot of the things were kind of cute. For example, you don't have a life bar. Uh, you've got what's called snooze energy. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and basically, it's like a glass of milk, I think. Isn't it that is what milk. the docs say it is? It is, is? Milk, yes. Okay. And uh, as you as you go through the house, your snooze energy will click down on its own. Uh, but if you hit an enemy, boy, the snooze energy takes <laughs> it takes a, a big a big wallop. Um, but scattered throughout the game, there are bottles of milk and other things that you can consume that will refill the snooze energy. Okay, so beside the uh, the snooze energy, you've got your inventory slots, and this game has two inventory slots. If you're familiar with uh, I, the Dizzy games, were probably the first games. Don't don't quote me on that. Well, you can. I'll just be quoted wrongly. <laughs> but uh, that that I think the Dizzy games were the first games to do inventory like this, where they they show you what you've got. And then you, when you can only hold so many items, uh, I think in some Disney games it's only one, but in this game you can hold two items. Uh, essentially what you're doing is when you run over an item or when you touch an item, your uh, the thing that's in the first slot will be dropped, and then the thing that's in the second slot will be will go to the first slot. Uh, I might have said that wrong. I think if it, whatever it is rotates. in your first slot will go to the second slot. Yeah, it rotates yeah. in and out. Okay. Um. So. That's essentially what you've got on the screen. The rest of the screen is the glorious Wally Manor, okay? And I'll tell you this, in terms of first impressions, I had a good amount of time, I had a good time playing this game just walking around, just sort of taking in the the different rooms. And to me, what attracted me to this game right away was that unlike a game say like we played on Amigos the other week, uh, Gremlins 2, which it, every room is just out to murder you immediately by like the endlessly spawning enemies and stuff like that. This game is more of a laid back, almost kind of like manic minor, but not quite as difficult where you enemies appear, they move in repeating patterns and it's your job to kind of weave in and out of them. And it's not that difficult. The enemies in this game, 
at least the ones that I saw, they're they're here as is sort of a minor hindrance. But this is not a one-shot death game. You can get hit and still move on. Uh, they're just there to kind of add a little bit more. Um, you, you've got a little. You've got to be deft at the controls to be able to beat this game. Uh, but you don't have to have picture, you know, pixel perfect uh, controls to be able to succeed a little bit, which I enjoyed. So those were my my first impressions. You know, how about you? I uh, um, you're you're right when you say it's more of a laid back experience. To me, this is a, a Jet Set Willy layout. Uh, you know, basically, after you drink a bunch of uh, uh, sleep aid, everything slowed down, and then mm-hmm. you throw in a little trapdoor puzzle solving stuff in there. Sure, uh, yeah. This, to a certain degree, I mean, this doesn't look like trapdoor, but it's, it's you know that kind of get this to do that. You know, we've seen this a right. few times. These games are really popular on the Specky, apparently. Uh, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, these almost remind me, Boat, and you're an old NES guy, but these sort of remind me of, like, the missing link between the PC and the NES, those games that you would play in the NES where you had to run around and backtrack, you know, that kind of stuff, getting parts and stuff to do other stuff. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. I really think that this is this type of genre, I think, is uniquely British. Um, I, I didn't play a whole lot of Japanese or um, American games that I mean the the way I describe these games is they're like point and click adventures with light puzzle elements or light platforming elements because essentially what you're doing is the same thing that you're doing in Monkey Island where you've got to find the the pulley with the you know the rubber chicken with the pulley in the middle to slide down the rope you've got to solve ridiculous puzzles by getting items and combining them with other things or using them on things the thing that this genre adds is the platforming element where you also have to be able to negotiate your character, not just point at things. And as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the few genres that can truly be said. This is, this is a British uh, medium. Yeah, it's a, you know, I, I'm sure you were upset that there were no room names because that's the, yeah, I mean that, that, <laughs> it, that did, that is one of the, the things that really I would have liked because it also would have reminded me of what things were. Cause there are a couple rooms in this game, particularly the staircase rooms that do look sort of similar. Uh, so I would have liked to have seen room names. However, they make up for it somewhat by giving every item a definite article. Yeah. So you never just have the mat. You have the magnet, the fuel can, which I thought was kind of, uh, sort of, you know, charmingly British. I, uh, um, I sat down, of course, I had no idea. I'd never heard of this. I didn't know what to expect from it. And when I got in here, um, I like, I, I mean, I, I, obviously it was pretty easy to get room to room, so that's not really an issue. The uh, the the bad guys are almost there just to irritate you. There are a few places where it's easier or harder. But I, 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 to be completely honest with you, I did not get very far in this game because I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what was going on, and ultimately I had to go find a walkthrough, just to even have any notions of what was happening. I mean, I saw what I knew the what the game wanted. You know, it was, I knew what kind of game it was, but I had no idea, you know, how to get anywhere. You know, th- th- I found this game sort of puzzling. It's one of those nonsensical style games where you just sort of, you know, I don't know, I, really, I, I guess uh, if you had this game and you played it over and over, and you had to, and you were in that frame of mind, you could figure this stuff out. But heck, I couldn't have figured some of this stuff out on my best day. Some of these puzzles. Well, and, and that's the thing. I think that uh, a lot of these types of games really went off the deep end in terms of how cryptic they made the puzzles. But again, that's a that's a very British thing. Like if you ever try to solve a British crossword puzzle, 
compared to, say, the New York Times crossword puzzle. The British crossword puzzles are insanely more difficult because not only do you have to know the answer, you have to work out the funny joke that is also implanted in the clue. And this in the instructions in this game is the classic we don't know what you're doing. You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Ha, ha, yeah, ha. Well, and, and I think that thing flew in England a lot more than it flew anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, I'd say you're right. Now, to get to the good points that I enjoyed, uh, I like the look of the game. I like the speed it played. Uh, it looked it, I like the color palette. There was uh, quite a bit of, uh, of color clash in there. But it, it, the, once again, the people, by this time, they had figured out how to like basically make it lessen the impact of the color clutch. I mean, you're going to see it whenever you run, jump around, but when you're standing still or you're just looking at the room, it looks good. You know, it doesn't really, you don't mm -hmm. really get any action if you go over it. I like that. I like the fact that I wasn't instantly murdered. You know, the life bar thing is good. The milk, the snooze energy. On the flip side, it's one of those games where, if, like, if an enemy is on top of you, you'll just dra it'll drain it's over. you, you know, yeah. pretty quick. But still, yeah. hey, being able to take more than one hit, that's sort of a, a unique, uh, unique aspect. Uh, mm -hmm. until I read the back of the tape, I didn't understand why everything was so, you know, I thought it was just a graphical thing, but I like the fact that they at least tried to explain why everything's so, is so big. Uh, the, mm -hmm. uh, um, there's a large amount of rooms in this. I don't know how many exactly, but there's a, it seems like there's a lot of, of area to cover. You go everywhere from, uh, upstairs, downstairs, basements and outsides. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, but ultimately for me. I didn't. I didn't know how to get anywhere in this, and yeah. it was. And yeah, I didn't it, think it, it was it, fun it, enough to like really want me want to uh, you know, break my back trying to figure it out. It just to me, it just seemed like another one of those games that we've played before that I just don't really that they just don't appeal to me that much, Bode. Well, I, I don't know. I think that this style of game does appeal to me because I do like point and click adventure games. But I like a little bit more hand-holding, <laughs> especially at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, especially at the beginning, because this game truly does turn you loose. It doesn't tell you, because a lot of these puzzles, for example, there, there's a, there, there's a, okay, I'm going to back up Please. a little bit, because I'll tell you the, the number one problem that I have with this game isn't any of that. The number one problem that I have with this game is, is I found it very difficult to pick certain items up and therefore thought that certain items were not pickupable. For example, yeah. in the bedroom, in one of the bedrooms, there's a library ticket yes. that you know, need yes. to combine with the library book. And I tried like gangbusters to jump up there and pick up that library ticket, and I just couldn't do it. I didn't it. know exactly what it and was, so I, but I know exactly what and, you're talking about. I did the same thing. And so finally, I was like, well, I guess this isn't an item because this game is littered with items that you can't interact with. And so if I were going to improve this game, I would tell you straight up when you enter a room, maybe on the left side, I'd replace like the number of lives with these are the items that are in this room. And that would at least give you an idea of like, okay, these are things that I'm meant to pick up. So I need to try really hard to jump up here and get this thing. And it also would help you solve the puzzles more easily because you'd build these mental associations. Now, a lot of these things, reading through the walkthrough and reading through, uh, you know, the, the solution, there are things that I would have never, ever been able to figure out on my own. But some of the things I could have, but it's the idea that this is entirely nonlinear. 
that, you know, it's not as if certain sections of the puzzle are blocked off and you can't get to them until you get to other things. Like there are all kinds of things to do from the beginning. And, um, and that it, it was, it made me, it just made me feel like I would never be able to figure this out on my own. And I'm sure that in certain situations, like we, we, we talk about this almost every episode. If this was the only game that you were going to have for six months and you devoted your life to it, you could probably get pretty far, maybe not solve it, but get pretty far and have some satisfaction. One of the things that I love, 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 love about this game is that at the when you die, they give you a percentage completion. I wish every single game did that because that gives you an incentive to want to do better. Because if they didn't give you that, you'd have no idea what you'd accomplish if you'd accomplish anything. Yes, I agree. You know, and just to follow up on what you're saying, uh, this game is not my bag. That said, uh, this what this game does have going for it is not what every one of the games like this have, which is it's playable, it's controls mm-hmm. well. I can yes. tell what's happening, okay? And so, uh, in this genre of game, uh, this would be one that if I was going to play it, I would go back to because I can, I can, I like the inventory system. Everything's spelled out. You've got hit points. It's not super deadly. Uh, so, I this of of this genre, this is probably one that I could that I could get into if I if I had no choice or if I had plenty of time to kill. I will say one thing that surprised me. I read about this later, but I actually stumbled onto it just when I was running around the house. Uh, I, w- I came into a room that had a door that said, like, video game on it, I think is what it said. And I rolled mm-hmm. in there, and inside the g- room, you play uh, Space Invaders. Yeah. And did you see that one? I did. There's two places in the game where that happens. I only I only actually physically made it to the video game room where I... But, I mean, and as far as I could tell... You, you don't actually accomplish anything by completing Space Invaders. It, I I read it as this is, you know, video games are a waste of time. When you play it, you're just wasting your time, and it's just another funny thing. But I think there's another area when you're on the moon or yeah. whatever where the Space Invaders appear again. You, I, I read, now I never, I never did this, but I did get it pretty, I, well, I, I thought I did pretty well at Space Invaders. If you complete it, you get an extra guy. Oh, So there okay. is an end to it, okay. but I thought that was kind of neat. Hey, that's clever that they stuck that in there. Uh, I mean, uh, aside from that, otherwise the the mansion or house is just sprinkled with the kind of enemies that you sort of expect to see in games like this. Just weird stuff floating around. I will say mm-hmm. the Space Invaders didn't shoot conventional weapons. They were shoot. They yeah. were throwing <laughs> irons and books and all kinds of weird crap. It was like every character set that existed, which is which isn't a bad way to go because you've already built those character sets into the game. So yeah, very strange. And ironically, your guy shoots forks, spoons, and knives. I think so he shoots upwards at them. So what the heck? I guess he, <laughs> these games are always very odd, uh, to say the mm-hmm. least. I also now boat. I was going to ask you about this. I played this on the uh, ZX Next uh, Core on my Mister. Okay. According to what I found out here, uh, there are two versions of this game that play do two different tunes. Okay, so I can tell you right now, the version that I had played that Immortal Classic. So popcorn. you got see, I didn't have that one. How mm. how did it sound? It sounded like popcorn. did it play? Did it play I, I, I've the grown whole to hate time? That song. Oh no no no! Only during yeah. the title screen. Okay, that's what. I, yeah. So I didn't get popcorn on mine. So there, apparently, there's another version that plays just like a random. A random thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, both this got released for uh, not just the ZX, but the C64 and the Amstrad. And just for fun, 
I uh, pulled up the Amstrad version to see how it looked. You know, I, I kind of like the Amstrad. I think you do, too. And mm -hmm. uh, it's fun to see how it compares. And it looks fairly similar, wouldn't you say? Of course, clearly, once again, uh, despite the fact that the Amstrad could have displayed more colors and done everything else, they decided against it. Uh, and it looks right. eerily similar to the Spectre version, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, of course, as with all these sorts of videos, we don't know what kind of hardware they're being recorded right. on. So the Spectrum version looks super sharp compared to the Amstrad version, but we don't know if that that has to do with uh, the capture that was being used. But uh, it is sort of it is sort of weird. Uh, you know, just how close the game looks, but it has just enough, uh, you know, dissimilarities that you're like, yeah, that's definitely not on the spectrum. You know, it's funny. If you look at the text, you can tell that the Amstrad version just isn't as focused in as the as the Sinclair version right. because just you can just see by the amount of text on the screen. Every, everything looks stretched. Yeah, it, looks, you know? it just looks mm -hmm. sharper uh, on, the, on the spectrum. Now, of course, uh, if taxed, the Amstrad probably could have done everything the Spectrum one did, plus more. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, lo and behold, they've pretty much done the same old, same old on that. I, I really do feel bad for those Amstrad owners back in the day that were were sold a bill of goods, and then when when the uh, rubber met the road, they just no one delivered on what this thing could do. It's it's taken twenty or thirty years for the Amstrad to finally get its due. Very strange. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, now, uh, there, there's one more fun little fact oh, that I thought I, I'd share. Um, there is a, uh, a song that was written in honor of Wally. Uh, <laughs> you know, Wally was the star of, of multiple games. And as a, as a sales tactic, I guess, they, they employed the guy that played Mr. Spooner on Are You Being Served to sing a humorous song about Wally. And it, it is, it is, it is. It might be the most British thing I've ever heard in my life. If you've not heard the song "Everyone's a Wally," you need to you need to listen to it right now. And there's actually an excellent music video version of that somebody has put together, where they put fun facts about the Wally series of games. They show clips of the, all the various games while they're playing the song, and they have the lyrics on the bottom. So very well done package. Make sure you check that out. Everyone's a Wally on I'm YouTube. I'm glad you mentioned it because th this game is. Uh... The second in a series of five games, uh, they're a Wally Week series. Uh, the first one was called Automania. Uh, the second mm -hmm. one is this one, Pajama Rama. The third one is, in fact, called Everyone's a Wally. Uh, the fourth one is Herbert's Dummy Run. And the fifth one, Three Weeks in Paradise. That one came out in 96. So you had 284, 285, and 186. Uh, so if you're a Wally fan, you've got your you've got your date book covered here. I looked at some uh, reviews on this some, at, uh, from the back in the day. Uh, the people over at Spectrum Computing give this one a 7.9 out of 10. Uh, Crash gave this a 92, uh, and uh, were, were very complimentary of it. Uh, it won a Crash Smash, uh, and also was. Uh, 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 quite popular in other mags. Uh, Your Spectrum gave this 90. Uh, Eurogamer gave uh, this is a more recent review, gave it an 80. And Sinclair user uh, of the day gave it an 80%. One thing I thought was amusing uh, is that the game was so, uh, was so popular that, uh, in, in a certain circles. When this thing uh, became basically the, the Spectrum version of Pajama Rama was game of the month in personal computer games magazine and they've got a 
they've mentioned here that it beat out the BBC micro version of Elite. So that wow. is, that struck me strange. <laughs> be honest with you, I'm sure there were some people that were. Uh, can you imagine working on Elite all that time and and getting beat out by this would be quite interesting. So it's quite a uh, quite a feeling. Do we have any uh, any uh, Discord action on this one, Boat? Yes, we did. Uh, we got quite a few reviews, and we also did a, a high score challenge on uh, on this game. Sort of a mini high score challenge. Of course, you, you can't really do uh, high scores with this game, but they did have like who can actually complete the game. So uh, we'll do both review and that. Uh, let's see. Coming down here, we're going to start things off with Pajako sixty five oh two. He says, "Being an X, an X, and on and off." Specky owner, this is one I'd never played. I'll admit at first it's confusing. There really isn't a hint as what you have to do, so the first few times you play, it's a little trial and error. The puzzles are a little obscure when have taken me a while to get, but so yeah, I looked up some help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the death sequence is cool, but the uh, the first time, but having to sit through it every time does great a little. Some of the enemies are next to impossible to jump over, and if that axe gets anywhere near you, you're pretty much done for. Uh, the collision detection was a little annoying, especially for the jumps. However, after a few plays, you start to figure it out, and the game grows on you. I can see why it's a favorite of a lot of people. I will go back to this, and for Specky Games of its time, I'd give it 8 out of 10. Did you have any trouble with the collision detection of the jumping? Oh, yeah. I had all kinds of trouble. Like, when you're trying to jump up onto objects, yes. like I said, with that library ticket thing, uh, that that's one of the main faults of the game, in, in my mind. Now, the, the actual controls, Wally, I felt like I could move them around, but it was just like the ledges and things like that were, were difficult I think me. Pajaco uh, stumbled onto something there when he said that after, after a spell, you, you understand how the, it works, and that's exactly the way I felt. Early on, I had trouble... Uh, but after I'd played it for an hour or so, I, I managed to get uh, understand how the controls work and how the collision was going to work. And it worked fine after that. Mm -hmm. uh, Mitsuyama writes, This is probably my favorite of the Wally Week games. While there's nothing particular in particularly innovative here, it's a good example of the genre. Once you know what you need to do, the game is quite short, but the fun comes from mapping out the house and working out what you have to do with each of the objects, and this took me weeks to complete when I was a kid. This is just like what I was saying. If you have your trusty notebook and you're mapping things out and you're writing down all the items and, and you know thinking about it outside of game time, this would be a, prob a, a very satisfying experience, I think. He says, the puzzles have some logic to them, although I'm not sure how obvious some of them would be to people from outside the UK. For example, would they know that spending a penny is associated with the toilet or that BP is associated with fuel? The controls are good, but the jumping takes a while to get used to, and some of the enemies can be frustrating, but that's part of the challenge of the game. Eight out of ten. We do know BP. We got, we got that. We do. We got those the here. Penny the one. penny associated with the yeah, toilet. Someone no. explain that it, to me sometime. Yeah. Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, writes, A Herm Firm 9 wow. out of 10. A superb original little puzzler that came with so much charm and characteristics. Vibrant, colorful graphics with smooth animated sprites making this game near perfect for the spectrum. The game provides an array of puzzles to solve, some, frust some frustrating, leaving you thinking the game was bugged. It's a game that needs an investment of time and patience that will finally reward you with Awakening Wally. Mac Chesers writes, When I played this back in the day, I had no idea what was going on, but I still enjoyed exploring Wally's wacky dream world. Now that I'm an adult, I have no idea what's going on, but still enjoy Wally's <laughs> wacky dream yeah. world. 
The cartoon sprites are great, and Wally himself is adorable with his little nightcap and pot belly, though some sections suffer from some serious color clash that turn enemies into unrecognizable mush. Sure. Some some awkward platforming aside, it's great fun. Eight out of ten. Z9K9 writes, cheerful and well-made. The item chain puzzles make a no- nominal, surreal sense, though are sometimes undermined. I love spending a penny to enter the bathroom, except there's nothing to show you it's the bathroom until after you've entered. The Space Invaders game within a game was very novel at the time. And finally, Jed Byrne writes, The cartoon graphics are colorful, but the color clash is dreadful. It doesn't matter, because the charm shines through. I lack the patience to do the mapping and inventory management to complete the game, but it doesn't matter because exploring the house is so much fun. So many flaws, but none of them matter because the game is just so likable. Eight out of ten. So, yeah, the, the, the Discord community was on board with this. And just a reminder that if you support uh, our Sinclair on Patreon, you get access to our Discord, and you can write a review of whatever game we're playing, and we will read it live on the air in the next episode. Now, going back to the old um, high score challenge, um, we have uh, three people uh, competed. Uh, Z9K9, Mitsuyama, and Paul, a.k.a. Hermski. Uh, they uh, they managed a full completion playthrough of Pajama Rama. Wow. They did it all. They did it all. Very good, fellas. And yeah, so congratulations to those three. Not congratulations to me. I think I maxed out at about twenty five percent. So yeah, um, not easy. Now, Aaron, speaking of next week's game, we're gonna be playing Aaron one of your and my favorites games, Rodland. Rodland, Aaron. Okay, yeah, Rodland. I have, it's funny, I don't think yeah. I've ever played that on the Spectre, so that should be interesting. Me neither. Me neither. So uh, we this was our first Clive's Club vote. As we talked about at the beginning of the show, everybody who's a Clive's Club member uh, gets to nominate uh, a game in a particular category. So I believe that this this one is the platform and shooter category. And, uh, and of course, all the Clive's Club members vote. And the winner was Rodland. So congratulations to Duncan for nominating the game. Thank you to all of the Clive's Club members for voting. Yes. And Aaron, of course, we couldn't go anywhere without listing all of the fine, fine folks that make our Sinclair happen every week for now, but maybe before too long, or every month, but for maybe not too much longer, we're going to be jumping up to every week. So thank you to Jigglebox, David Terrace, Justin Tenpot Gamer, Andrew Waite, Eric Nelson, Captain Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Mark Downey, Hermsky, Paul Bossman Harrington, Peter Mulholland, Chris Folds, Gary Heather, Jed Byrne, Mark Durham, Mitsuyama, and Pixels at Dawn, and of course, Mac Chesers. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. All right, Aaron. So, next week, it's going to be Rodland. We'll see you all then. I'm sorry, not next week. Next month, it's going to be Rodland. Until then... Rewind tape and press play.